0: from kqed
1: welcome back to forum i'm michael krasny back in 2004 california voters approved funds and a new agency to focus on stem cell research today that pot of money is almost empty Proposition 14 on the November ballot would authorize five and a half billion dollars and a bond to continue funding stem cell research in the state. And we're going to get details on the proposition as we begin and continue our election coverage. Danielle Venton joins us, reporter with KQED Science. Good morning, Danielle.
0: Good morning, Michael.
1: Also say good morning to Bob Klein, who is chair of the SN14 campaign. Welcome, Bob Klein.
2: Thank you, Michael.
1: And we'll also welcome Jeff Sheehy, board member with the California Institute of Regenerative Medicine. Jeff Sheehy, good to have you.
2: Great to to hear from you,
3: Michael.
1: And we're going to talk 14. First, we're going to get a picture of it uh, from Daniel Venton, who has been covering it. Uh, Let's just say by way of introduction here that this is... uh, government bonds paying back over 30 years with uh, essentially interest out of the taxpayer supported general fund and what this means basically danielle is more research to stem cell and uh, not only in terms of treating diseases but uh, presumably finding cures
0: yeah that's right at the core of this proposition is the question of whether the state should continue to fund stem cell research and regenerative medicine and the key thing voters need to ask themselves is did the state get what it bargained for by when it created the stem cell agency back in 2004 by authorizing proposition 71 and is it a good investment going forward
1: well, one of the addendums to that question has to do with uh, why Proposition 71, which essentially funded this initially back in 2004, came about. It was a, a lot, had a lot to do with the Bush Bush era and the Bush era ban uh, on abortion money or money to go to anything even related to abortion.
0: That's right. To understand Proposition 14, you really need to understand the context and the background and why Californians voted to create this stem cell agency, CIRM, in the first place the the early 2000s were a time when scientists and the public were extremely excited about the promise of stem cell research and stem cell medicine it seemed like fantastic cures could be right around the corner and there was promise there was a lot of promise for um finding cures and treatments for many conditions that we haven't made a ton of progress on yet like Cancers, uh, Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's, and the uh, the Bush uh, at the time, President George W. Bush, um, banned any federal funding on research that involved human embryonic stem cells, which are embryos that are created. Uh, in the process for in vitro fertilization they were not planned to be used uh, and these embryos were donated with informed consent um, for medical research but for some people um, particularly anti-abortion groups any use of them seemed tantamount to taking human life and um The president at the time, George W. Bush, was sympathetic to that and so banned that research. And California wanted to get around that ban effectively so that this research would move forward. And that was the motivation behind Prop 71.
1: And we're going to talk uh, about Prop 14, which is a direct outgrowth of Prop 71 uh, with Bob Klein and Jeff Sheehy here, the pro and con sides. But I want to get some more background from Danielle Venton, who's a reporter for KQED Science, and let's talk about what uh, has been accomplished so far, because uh, on the one hand, you have those who are critical saying not enough has been accomplished, there was too much hype, uh, too much expectation, a kind of panacea, if you will, but there has been certainly some serious progress, and I'd like you just to talk about, uh, well, the bubble baby disease, first of all, uh, which was a... uh, uh, infants born with no immune system functioning, there was essentially uh, uh, real progress along the lines of essentially eliminating that, but also serious progress. And I know you've done some work on this, um, Daniel, so I want to hear from you on it with respect to certain kind of blood cancers. Uh, these are the real kind of showpieces, if you will, for what was pro- so far under the agency, what was done.
0: Yeah, the agency has... Not uh, funded research that has cured all of our ailments, um which is not, you know, it's not fair to expect that it could have um, to begin with. But um the agency has had many notable successes, particularly in um, treatments for bubble baby syndrome, which is a rare condition when a baby is born without and without a working immune system. And this can now effectively, Be cured. The agency has also contributed to research that has developed treatments for certain types of blood cancers. There is promising research for treating certain types of blindness, um, paralysis. There's there's many conditions, and the agency has funded more than 64 clinical trials directly and aided in a further 31. So um, many patients have seen real benefit to their health and their lives due to research funded by the, by the state stem cell agency.
1: And again, Danielle Vinton, reporter for KQD Science, giving us a picture of what has been accomplished under the agency, uh, under CIRM. Uh, and let me go to Bob Klein, who's the chairman of the Yes on 14 campaign. Essentially, what those of you in favor of 14 are saying, Bob, is uh, you need this critical research. Otherwise, it's going to be stalled and held up. need more money to move forward. Do I have that right? Do we have Bob Klein?
2: You do. Uh, am I off mute now?
1: Uh, I, I'm hearing you now. I wasn't hearing you okay. a moment ago. Thank, I'm just saying you, you really much. need the money to move all this forward is really what you're saying. on?
2: Uh, a- absolutely. Um, you know, I lost my uh, youngest son to type 1 diabetes, uh, which he could have been saved if uh, the federal government hadn't delayed that research by seven years. Uh, The children of our families, our spouses, our parents, uh, all of our families critically uh, depend on this this advancement. There's actually besides two uh, cancer therapies that we proved through court records uh, were derived from uh, the state agency's research. uh, There are nine different uh, therapies from kidney disease, to paralysis, to type one diabetes, to blindness, uh, Age related blindness that are your reporter referred to that have been tremendous progress. That are, the FDA has now labeled them breakthrough or equivalent RMAT designations for vital therapies uh, for accelerated treatment to process them. Uh, and th- those are just part of the 94 clinical trials that are being discussed here. It's vital to understand that California is ranked number two in the world as a nation behind only the United States in biomedical research capacity, we have a special moral obligation and capacity to advance these therapies when the federal government is not. And the opposition clearly knows the federal government for because of religious pressure is not even funding embryonic derived therapies for diabetes, for, uh, uh, for paralysis, for age-related blindness, they haven't funded any of these trials. They know and effectively are playing God with people's lives by saying there's uh, it, this research has plenty of funding. The president of the Gladstone Institute an affiliate of UC San Francisco has said <clears throat> that the NIH has grossly underfunded uh, this research. The entire University of California system voted to endorse in an unprecedented move because it's grossly underfunded we know that government funding for stem cell research and clinical trials in california is 50 percent dependent upon funding by competitive grants from this agency to advance therapies and their clinical trials which is why 90 patient advocacy groups and medical societies including the michael j fox foundation including women against Alzheimer's, including the American Diabetes Association, the American Association of Cancer Researchers, that individually the president signed our ballot argument. All of these groups uh, have endorsed this initiative, whereas there's no scientific society and there is (laughs) no coalition of patient groups that have endorsed the opposition. The opposition represents an outlier dissent. Uh, We know that when it came up for board approval, uh, the opposition member that is speaking is the only single member in dissent that every other member has signed an individual endorsement uh, of this initiative, including the deans of eight medical schools of of California, from Stanford to UCLA, to UC San Francisco, to UC uh, Riverside, UC Irvine, it is critical to understand that the scientific community, the patient advocate community, and even the business community is united in this support because they understand we are grossly underfunded and California is critical to these new therapies. Excuse me,
1: Bob. You've mentioned the opposition. I want to hear from the opposition. Jeff Sheehy's with us, and Jeff Sheehy's a long HIV uh, patient advocate and former member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors and a board member of the California Institute of Regenerative Medicine, the only, as uh, Bob Klein said, member of that board who is opposed to this. And want to hear your thoughts on why you take that position, Jeff Sheehy, uh, because the argument is... uh, From the opposition, largely that uh, federal and private funding is going to take care of it. And you just heard Bob Klein say federal funding is not going to take care of it.
3: Sure. Thanks, Michael. And just I want to stipulate in advance that I think the work CERM has done is tremendous. I'm very proud of my time on the board and the work of the agency. But this was never meant to be a permanent debt funded institution. This was, this was funded originally to deal with a certain circumstance of a federal restriction on, on a very, very important area of research. The bottom line is that every year, far into the future, we will be paying $327 million a year to pay off the first set of bonds. This second set of bonds will add another $260 million a year. To put that in perspective, be, bonds debt has to be paid first. So you pay these off before you pay for schools, before you pay for healthcare, before you pay for housing, any of the things that that a state government historically pays for. And like the LA Times and the San Francisco Chronicle and the Orange County Register and the San Jose Mercury News, I don't think the state can afford to spend this money right now. That we can commit to 7.8 billion, that's if you include interest, $260 $260 million a year for the next 30 million years, we're in a fiscal crisis. And we look at our schools, our public schools are struggling, we need money. We look at healthcare and how it's being delivered and we see the consequences of our failure to address disparities in healthcare with the COVID crisis. 71% of the people with COVID are Latino and yet only 17% of the population is Latino. Similar statistics exist in San Francisco County. And what does that say? Our public health system is not robust and it's not equitable. We're not making those investments and those need to come first. I agree with the LA Times. We can get bridge money uh, via the legislature through the general fund and compete with other priorities in California and go through the normal political process. And... But also I'd like to add, the federal government is funding well in this. I ask everyone to go to Google NIH categorical spending. The federal government will spend $2.1 billion this year on stem cell research. They will spend $300 million million on human embryonic stem cell research. The very research that CERN was set up to fund, the federal government is funding. the need for California to step into, uh, to, 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 to take money from other needs to fund this. When we're, we're, The deficit we're looking at is huge. Our current budget is contingent on federal recovery money, and every week we we hear it might happen, but it hasn't happened. The budget is going to crater in the spring, and this is just not the time to take on debt. Uh, let, me take, future- let me take,
1: uh, let me, uh, let well, me, excuse me, interrupt this you for a second here, me. Jeff, because I-, I want to give listeners an opportunity to weigh in here and ask questions. And I know there are many of you who have questions about Prop 14 and many of you who would like to express your opinion. And if you have a question or have an opinion, please feel free to join us now. You can give us a call at our toll free number and I invite you to do that. The number to call 866-733-6786. Again, please join us by phone if you would like to at 866-733-6786. You can also join us in a number of other ways on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or you can email any questions or comments you might have to forum at kqed.org. Talking with Jeff Sheehy, board member of the California Institute of Regenerative Medicine, and Bob Klein, chairman of the SN14 campaign. and. Danielle Venton, a reporter for KQED Science, and I wanted to get a general picture also. Let me go back to you, Danielle. We're coming up on a break here, and I want to get our callers and our listeners involved. But talk about the board. There are other things in 14 which would expand the number on the board, and uh, let's get into the details a little bit about what 14 presents along those lines.
0: Yeah, 14 expands the scope of the agency somewhat and increases the number of board members. Some critics of the agency feel that the board is already too large and there are longstanding complaints of conflicts of interest on the board. Most of the money that the agency has given out has gone to institutions that are connected to board members and um, critics feel that rather than addressing this, Prop 14 um, it just just in, it bloats the board even further.
1: In fact, there has been some, and maybe you can sort this out for us, there was some criticism about impropriety of a board member that... Uh... Uh, actually, maybe Bob Klein might want to address this. Uh, Bob Klein, I, I'm talking specifically about uh, at least what's been alleged is one of the board members had a conflict of interest and had to resign from the board, and uh, that came from those in opposition. Uh, I think those in favor, like yourself, are saying that has that is not the case. That never happened, or what are you saying? Right.
2: Yeah. So the controller's reports have pointed out that there is no single grant that has ever been given that had a conflict issue. When a con- there were some conflicts discovered a very early point in a grant review, the, the whole grant was re-reviewed uh, and the controller's uh, report, which is overseen with an, a special commission that is dedicated to this agency with appointments by the president pro tem of the legislature uh, and the assembly speaker sh- say that that, that is not true. And the figures that have been given, by Jeff are completely false and acknowledged by the Treasury Department as being totally false. Uh, the first proposition is almost uh, is uh, majority of it is more than paid off. In 2021, the payment on the first proposition is 11 million dollars. Uh, his figures uh, are totally misleading, and the San Francisco Chamber, the Oakland Chamber, the L.A. Chamber, the Riverside Chamber, the San Diego Chamber reviewed all this all voted and endorsed. Business people who know business and bonds have analyzed this and there is no payment on these bonds for six years. It will not affect uh, any other priority of the state.
4: Oh, excuse me, Bob, we're coming up on a
1: break effect. here and I wanna give Jeff Sheehy an opportunity to respond to what you just laid out here, Jeff.
2: Yes,
3: my, my figures are from the legislative analyst, and it bothers me at a time when objective facts are challenged A measure about science insists on denying facts and presenting its own alternative version of reality and truth. Go to the ballot measure, go to the LEO, the legislative analyst opinion, and they give you these numbers. So, so, sure, Mr. Klein can come up with whatever whatever numbers he wants. In terms of conflicts of interest, the Institute of Medicine, the prestigious national agency, did a study of our agency and said out, right that the conflicts of interest are a problem. And just frankly, a 35-member board, think about voting. How long does it take to call the roll for 35 people? How efficient or effective is a board of 35 people? Think about if everybody speaks for one minute to an issue.
1: All right, we're coming up on a break, and again, I want to give listeners an opportunity to weigh in here. Questions you have about Prop 14 or opinions you have, you can give us a call and join us at 866-733-6786. Number again for your involvement in the program 866-733-6786 or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email us forum at kqed.org. Talking again with Daniel Venton, reporter for KQED Science, Jeff Sheehy, board member of the California Institute of Regenerative Medicine and Bob Klein, chairman of the Yes on 14 campaign. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. We're talking about Prop 14, which would authorize five and a half billion dollars in bonds for stem cell research with Danielle Venton, reporter for KQED Science, Jeff Sheehy, board member of the California Institute of Regenerative Medicine, and Bob Klein, who is chair of the Yes on 14 campaign. And we're going to go right to callers here. Before I do, though, Danielle, could you just point out for listeners um, who oversees and who doesn't oversee when it comes to this kind of spending?
0: Um, I'm not sure I'm an expert on that, Michael. I'm I'm sorry.
1: Well, I, I'm getting to the point here that I think is uh, part of the argument about uh, Prop 14. Um, uh, presently, um, uh, although it involves public bond money, I guess what I'm getting at here is uh, what's the role of the governor, what's the role of the legislature, and uh, who is the money accountable uh, just,
0: to? Yes. So, so in many ways, this agency uh, is carved out and kind of stands on its own. It's not money funded by the legislature, funded by lawmakers. Uh, In the future, you know, there could be a version of the agency that where money does come from the general fund and it is uh, it is granted by lawmakers. But these but this money um, was authorized by voters and uh, and the agency in many ways stands apart from the state legislature.
1: Let's bring a caller on. Marion joins us. Marion, welcome. You're on the air. Good morning.
5: Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I just um, wanted to remind people about the 2004 campaign and Prop 71 because there were a lot of um, promises. The the, the kind of promises that were made were kind of like Barnum and Bailey Huckstering kind of promises. Like there was a Countdown to Cures feature on the website, and there was a lot of sloganeering that a yes vote would save someone that you love. And I A friend of mine remembers uh, seeing signature gatherers for the proposition telling people that this would cure their kid of diabetes and stuff. So um, I think that now there's like a credibility gap on the part of, you know, people don't trust the promoters and the backers and actually, sadly, even the scientists for this kind of thing. It's like, why should we believe the promises and the characterizations that are being put forth at this time, so I think I think it's I think California voters need an omsbud person. And anyway, I'm thankful to Mr. Sheehy. It couldn't have been easy for him to do what he's doing. So I um, well, thank
1: you for the call, Marion, and appreciate hearing from you. Let me go to you on this first, Bob Klein, because uh, I remember saying to you, I believe, uh, when we talked about 71, that there was too much hype, probably, uh, and too much expectations. It takes generally 12 to 15 years for. Uh, new discoveries to actually get through clinical trials, and many I know are on track now. But uh, there was overselling with 71 uh, point of fact, and um, I think the listeners' comments are are apt. Uh, I'd like to hear what your response is.
2: Certainly. So, <clears throat> uh, at the time of the uh, at the time of the initiative, uh, it is critical to uh, understand that we did not know that the opposition was going to. Uh, Even though there was a 60% mandate from the public, the opposition was gonna throw five lawsuits at the agency and stop it from any major funding for three years. So the average uh, grant is only seven years old. You're right, it takes an average of 12 to 15 years. Uh, We didn't know that there would be uh, 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 pressure on the FDA not to approve uh, any any trials using embryonic uh, stem cells at the federal government. So it took Obama coming to office to actually, uh, within days of his becoming coming in office, get it approved. And we certainly uh, should know though that for diabetes, I was on and am on the international board for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and which has endorsed this initiative. And, and there is a therapy that has just gone through a strong proof of concept in phase two trials that has been recognized by the FDA under an FDA trial and is in fact moving on to phase three trials for type one and insulin dependent type two. So incredible progress and that international juvenile diabetes research foundation and all the other diabetes foundations have endorsed this initiative because they see this as the best chance of getting that therapy through. And we should understand that my numbers come from the state treasurer's office, not 16-year-old numbers that Jeff Sheehy is is quoting, and he knows that's totally misleading. It's the remaining payments uh, are a a small fraction of the numbers that he's using, which is why every major chamber has endorsed uh, this initiative. But certainly we didn't know these huge obstacles the opposition would throw in our path but we have made tremendous progress in kidney disease, in blindness, in paralysis, uh, in diabetes, uh, in cancer. The American, can- the head, the president of the American Association of Cancer Researchers signed our ballot argument. That in association endorsed our initiative. Why? The scientific groups, the medical societies, they are all united. Jeff is a dissenter of one, with no scientific association backing him, no patient group backing him, and without any other board members backing him. Because let me they get know Jeff
1: Sheehan to respond, problem. Bob. Thank you for that, Jeff Sheehan.
2: Sure, sure. So first of all, just to
3: address some of these issues about the 327 million, that's from a letter dated December 2nd, 2019, from the Legislative Analyst's Office to Javier Becerra, the Attorney General, when this measure was filed. The second uh, number of $260 million going forward is in your ballot handbook. You take the $7.8 billion that we were going to incur in debt and you divide it by the 30 years repayment and that's what you get. Uh, just to go on, uh, the first campaign did wildly overpromise and was unrealistic and this campaign does so as well. If you look, for instance, at Alzheimer's, CERM does not have a single clinical trial in Alzheimer's right now. The one trial we have in Parkinson's isn't even stem cell related. We had to make an exception to have CERM funded and yet these two diseases were promised to be cured with Prop 71. Like I said, I think we've done great work. It's important, but this has to be, be analyzed in the context of everything the state needs and bonds are paid first. They're paid before a single teacher is paid because general fund funding comes after you pay debt. And this debt we're incurring, it, we're basically giving five and a half billion, it's gonna be spent, the legislature can't do anything about it, the governor can't do anything about it, no matter what the needs are of other Californians. And I think we have to put this in perspective when the federal government is aptly funding this kind of research.
1: All right. I want to get another caller on here. Thank you for your comments, Jeff. And let's go to Gary next. Gary, try us.
4: Uh, good, mor- good morning. Good um, morning. I am a very pro-science California voter who is recovering from a brain surgery, so I should be an easy mark for the for the pro-14 people just because of my situation. But having read the county brochure on the on 14 i went away with the idea of if if they do discover make good discoveries is california earning as much as they should for what we're putting into it because we're paying dearly for for 14 if it passes but i don't think we're getting our fair share and i wanted to know Who decided what our fair share was as written, currently written in 14? And is that is that share that California staff to to benefit from if there are any discoveries?
1: Yeah, Gary, thank you for that. I want to go I want to go to uh, what you're raising here with uh, you, Daniel, if I may, Daniel Venton. What are we talking about in terms of royalties and and what the public is getting back? Most of uh, the money that was made through royalties went to help patients. It's my understanding.
0: Yes. So um, so California has not earned big money in royalties so far. And uh, I believe it's less than $500,000 um, from, from the research funded by Proposition 71. The way Proposition 14 is written, um, the state would not reap any profits that could be used for uh, statewide priorities like schools or housing or or prisons um, or transportation or prisons Um, the money earned from any royalties would be fed into programs to make treatments more affordable for patients so um, some feel that this is effectively a give back or a giveaway to pharmaceutical and biotech companies Um, to make the the their products more affordable um, for for patients, so that's a that's a change from the original from the original proposition, and uh, and one of the criticisms of how Prop 14 is written.
1: I'm going to read a couple of emails here, and I'm going to go to you on these, Jeff. She gets your response to some emails that are coming in from uh, listeners. Uh, Jeff writes, "We're poised to be a counterweight." To Europe, China, and India, who are pursuing biotech by leaps and bounds, it's expensive, yes, but what a return on investment. And another listener uh, says, uh, please ask Jeff Sheehy why he keeps saying that we cannot afford to fund Prop 14 today when payments are delayed until 2026. So I'm kind of blending these questions together, and I'd like to hear what you have to say. Jeff Sheehy.
3: Well, sure. First of all, there's something very dodgy about taking on debt and then then taking the interest for that debt for six years and adding it. That's like getting a credit card and then getting another credit card to, to carry the interest and not putting the credit. I mean, who finances like that? That's ridiculous. That's wasteful. For the second, I just want to know, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and the Chan Zuckerberg initiative, which is tremendous. You've got Sean Parker and his immunology uh, uh, initiative. Thank God for Mark Benioff and all of his phenomenal philanthropy. Private philanthropy is dwarfing what Prop 71 is meant Prop 14 wants to do. And, And that is in California. And my problem is, is that if we're not educating our kids, we may have a future Nobel prize winner who's not in school right now, who's not getting their needs met because we don't have the money for our public schools to get our kids back in the classroom. The private schools in San Francisco are getting ready to go back. I have a public school kid. Who knows when they're gonna come back because we literally don't have the resources to get our kids back in school, you know? And, and, and I agree with you, Michael, I don't wanna spend a penny on prisons, but I do wanna spend money on public education. I do wanna make sure every kid can go to college. I do wanna make sure every public health clinic in this state is reaching out to everybody who may be at risk for COVID, getting them in to be tested, Making sure they get early treatment so that they survive this disease. That's what just for I want the record, to... Jeff.
1: I didn't say money shouldn't go to prisons. I just said prisons would be on the list of the uh, uh, the new 14 uh, in terms of where money wouldn't go. But I'm interested in getting some response. Uh, from Bob Klein again, and uh, Bob, I'd like to just go to the heart of vital research uh, opportunities, VROs, which have also come up for some criticism and get your response. This would allow funding for almost any kind of research uh, if the board agrees. And it's been called a Christmas tree measure because it's so wide and expansive, uh, even beyond what normally is, uh, I suppose, associated with stem cell research and the possibilities of stem cell research. Can you address that?
2: <clears throat> yeah, certainly. Uh, it is Uh, essential to understand that uh, stem cells are the driver of cancer. They're rogue stem cells. And so you study the stem cells and you may use a small molecule therapy to cure it, but you have to understand the stem cells in order to be able to cure it. Uh, So the vital research opportunities is set up to be able to make sure you're addressing stem cell driven uh, diseases and conditions, as well as diseases that will be cured by stem cells. Uh, and e- even uh, when you have a disease uh, condition like COVID-19, where 90% of the patients may have internal tissue damage, how are you going to regenerate those tissues? Stem cells uh, uh, therapies are being funded to address, uh, the dealing with that damage that even asymptomatic patients have. But it's vital to understand here, too, that philanthropists uh, and others have come as a beacon to the state funding agency and put in $4.1 billion just through 2019 in matching funds from philanthropists, their foundations, institutions, because they know this is the best chance in funding. And they know that 90 patient advocate organizations and their scientific advisory boards have examined this and found it to be the best source. uh, Whereas they know that the federal government has not done a single, a single uh, human embryonic stem cell derived therapy clinical trial because of religious pressure. Not one. California is the only game in town. They would let the cure for cures for blindness, they would let the therapy that's in phase two for type one uh, uh, diabetes and insulin dependent type two diabetes, not go to clinical trials because there's no government funding. And certainly philanthropists in the last 50 years haven't funded it. So look at where the patient advocates are. Look at where the governor is, the lieutenant governor who've endorsed this. Look at where all the chambers are and all the scientific societies are. They have researched this in depth. They know the truth. Uh, and don't have a personal agenda that Jeff and others have.
1: All right, we've only got a few minutes left. I want to get another caller on here, and that's Stephen from Berkeley. Stephen, good morning.
4: Yes, hello. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, some of the some of the callers and you know, respondents have already uh, made points similar to this. Um, the it seems to me that Proposition 71 and Proposition 14 could easily be called corporate welfare. Uh, which most people are against but but unfortunately, most people don't recognize it when it stares them in the face. Uh, the, the large amounts of money going specifically to one industry with all insiders on the board giving grants to their own institutions. I know that uh, Mr. Klein was very happy to report that all the deans of all the colleges are in favor. Well, it's obvious that they are because they're the ones who get the money and then they get to spend it in their in their appropriate schools. So, uh, Stephen, I
1: thank you for that call. I want to get to another caller quickly while I have time here, and that's Kendall. Kendall, join us. Good morning.
4: Good morning. Thank you. My question is, I mean, for both of the panelists, um, you know, I've heard Mr.
0: She's very process-oriented arguments, but he seems to believe in the research and thinks that it's fine, we'll just delay it Maybe the, leg- the legislature can address it in a few years, but A, what happens to all of the patients that are, you know, waiting for these clinical trials or trying to enroll in the clinical trials that we could be funding now? What happens to them if we kick this can down the road? And B, I mean, if a family member of mine got diagnosed with cancer in a couple of years and this research could have saved them, I mean, will Mr. Sheehy or others be looking back and regretting why we didn't take the opportunity to fund this research when, when we can?
1: Uh, Kendall, we've got literally seconds left. Jeff Sheehy, can you give us a quick uh, cogent response to the, her concern? Well, I
3: think Bob said it when he said there's $4.1 billion in private philanthropy that came in in 2019 that dwarfs whatever CERM would be spending. The need is just not there. We have other needs in the state. The federal government spends here, private philanthropy spends here. We have schools and health care and housing that need to be paid for by the state, and that's the
2: state's primary responsibility.
3: Uh, let me go to you, Bob Klein.
1: we got a quick close from you,
5: Bob.
2: Sure. It's $5 per person in the state for these bonds over 40 years. The current taxpayers are not paying for it. It's spread over the cost of the generations that benefit. And it's critical to understand uh, <clears throat> that it costs the state $300 billion a year for medical care. We're We're spending $5 per person a year, spread over 40 years to pay for this with no payments until 2026, just like they do in affordable housing, carrying the interest until the product is complete. We're going to have
1: to leave it there. It's up to the voters now. Thank you, Bob Klein. Thank you, Jeff Sheehy. And thank you, Danielle Venton, And thank you, our listeners. We're here with you Monday through Friday. And uh, I want to remind you that uh, you can always let us know What you think about what you hear on Forum or would like to hear on Forum by emailing us, forum at kqed.org. Thanks for being a part of this morning's program. Stay tuned for another hour with Mina Kim, and stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny.
5: Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation.